1: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
2: It's time now to go beyond the headlines. And for the next two hours, go where every sports fan wants to go. Behind the scenes and into the practice facilities, locker rooms, coaches' offices, and press boxes to get the info before anyone else. This is the ESPN 1320 Insiders.
3: What a mess. Oh, my God. What a disaster in Houston last night for the Kings, James.
4: We're not here to do a counseling session?
3: No, this is not. I mean, it is a little bit. <laughs> but look, okay, look. I, I, I'm Kyle Madsen. That's James Ham. We're the Insiders, sponsored by Jiffy Lube. Despite the King's best efforts, we will still be giving away a $100 Jiffy Lube gift certificate a little bit later on in the show when we tell you who our Jiffy Lube fast break player of the game was, Mm -hmm. Uh, but that's coming up uh, in about an hour and a half. So stay locked in to find out how you can win your $100 Jiffy Lube gift certificate. But if you're looking for, hey, everything's fine.
4: Everything Everything is is awesome. Everything's awesome.
3: This is okay. Okay. What happened in Houston to the Kings is actually good, and we're going to tell you why. And No, no, no. We're not there. Now, let me caveat everything James and I are about to go over with this. It's game f- six. Five? Six? Six. Game six. Two and four. Of 82. 82. So none of this is to make sweeping declarations about the King's hopes this season. We're not looking at the draft. We're not saying they're gonna miss the playoffs. none of none of that, none of that. But our job is to react to the information that we have available to us. Their trip to Houston, we're going into that trip last Friday. It started on Saturday. You and I on Friday said, this is a this is a, 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 a two game set where you go to Houston for two. Even without De'Aaron Fox, you should comfortably win these games because that's the type of team you expect to be where you can comfortably beat a bad Houston team. Albeit young, talented Houston team, but still bad. They're not going to win a lot of games. You should still be able to comfortably beat them even without De'Aaron Fox. Not only do they not comfortably beat them, they get embarrassed twice. And the, the bigger problem for me is you lose on Saturday, stuff happens. Rockets came out hot. Kings couldn't quite climb back into it. Dylan Brooks went out of his mind in the fourth quarter. It's the NBA. They're paid to play, too. Yep. I thought what happened last night would be reversed. I thought you would see a fired-up, motivated Kings team go out and throttle a worse team. And the opposite happened.
4: Yeah, Kyle. At some point, like you can't sugarcoat it. This was an embarrassment yeah both games were an embarrassment but to do it twice same team and to come out with no vigor with no energy and just get just stomped like it it doesn't make any sense to me watching this team there's so many things Kyle that are wrong that I don't know where to start but first and foremost I kind of don't want to hear about the defense anymore your offense is flat-out trash. This was the best offense in the league last year, and you tinkered with it, and now it's not good. And I don't know what's going on, but I will tell you the pace in the first, the last three games is so bad that the Kings are by far the worst pace team in the league. And the second one, of course, is the Houston Rockets because they played against the Kings, and so there's <laughs> the same amount of possessions, yeah. right? Well, we're talking about what was their pace last night, Kyle? Eighty nine point four. Eighty nine point four is this? That's still like nineteen eighty six New York (laughs) Knicks.
3: For 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 context, that is their lowest pace for a game, and pace is number of possessions per forty eight minutes. So the higher the number, the faster you're playing, the more possessions there are, et cetera, et cetera. The Kings haven't had a pace as low as eighty nine point four since a december 29th 2021 win over the mavericks oh wow 95 94 was the final of that game
4: okay and well the problem you have in this is that you had no pace and you still gave up how many points hundred yeah. it's bad kyle that's bad 22 122 so you basically not only did you not play with pace, but you didn't play any defense at all, and so to me, like it starts with the offensive end. We can get into all of these numbers, but the the numbers are just this team was so good last year, and you can expect a drop off. Mm-hmm. You cannot expect them to fall off a cliff, and right there, like Mike Brown said it in post game that you know that it starts with him, yep. like it does. Like, whatever's happening here, like, you got to fix this thing quick because there's some, something fundamentally wrong right now.
3: Yeah. I it's mean, like, it, it, it goes back to the conversation we have about the 49ers defense, right? It's like, this is largely the same group of players as last year. Yeah. That's largely going to be the same scheme. They're not playing well. Now you're looking at the coach. And that, that, to me, is kind of what, what we're seeing with the Kings. Like, not that Mike Brown should be fired or anything crazy no. like that. That's not the conversation. But it's like the onus is not – I'm I'm beyond – and we're going to talk about the players because players play, they have to execute, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I, I'm beyond talking about Keegan Murray's threes not going down. I'm beyond talking about Kevin Herter's threes not consistently going down. Uh, like all of that, well, it matters and we'll talk about it. But we're at the point of the season where we have to talk about the source of those problems.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Kyle, last season the Kings were first in two point field goal percentage at fifty eight point six. They got easy buckets anytime they wanted. Um, and and, and that, anytime, partly because of De'Aaron Fox's ability to get to the rack whenever he wants. But that's go part on. of it. That's part of it. But, right, that's, but that's that's not, not all. Not of it. the entire issue for sure. All right, this right now they're twenty second. They are at fifty two point seven. They're six percent lower in two point field goal percentage than they were last year. Like, they're, they're true shooting number. They were number one in the league last year. Right now, they're 27th. Effective field goal percentage. They were number two in the league last year. They're 26th. These are stats that, like, you look at, and Kyle, I told you this while we were tuning up for the show, they're not even turning the ball over. They're number two in the league in the fewest turnovers per game at, like, 128 this is just straight up, they can't hit shots. They're not getting good looks. They're not hitting the good looks they do get. And I don't know what it is, but for the first, like, five minutes of the game, we saw last year's offense.
3: Yeah, and, and they and were cruising.
4: It, and then it went away. You're like, what happened?
3: Where'd it um, go? I, I, I texted you during, and we have your, your six quick thoughts, which we'll, which we'll get to. Uh, As soon as we can here, because those are always a fun little deep dive into the game. But I texted you during the game, and I said, when was the last time Keegan Murray took a three with his feet set? Yeah. And then, sure enough, gets a dribble handoff, comes off, sets his feet, top of the key, buries a triple. Buries it. It's like, hey, there it it is. Let it run. Dribble handoff with Kevin Herter. He gets rid of it, flows to the corner, kick out to Kevin Herter, three from the corner, bang, bang. Like, okay, there's there's the Kings offense. They're going to roll tonight. Here we go. And it just <laughs> went away.
4: They just stopped uh, doing it. it they it, s- they started walking the ball up the court, Kyle. It, it, no pace at all. It was a, a baffling two games in Houston.
3: And again, not even, not even, ah, eh, you know what? Houston made shots. Kings didn't. Move on. There's a, there's something, there's a fundamental problem with whatever the Kings are doing. Yeah, and to me that goes to Mike Brown, and, and you mentioned Mike Brown's post game presser. We'll have some sound from Mike Brown a little bit later on. Uh, let's very quickly get to your first of your six quick thoughts uh, as we as we begin with Demona Sabonis.
4: Yeah, they were out Sabonis. Mm. Um, Demona Sabonis played Alperen Schengen to a draw on Saturday. Uh, he didn't even get off the team bus in this. So I don't know what's going on with Sabonis. Um, he finished with eight points, eight rebounds, four assists, four turnovers, and four total shots. Kyle. He took four shots.
3: What he the? Should f- be, he should be minimum four shots a quarter, bro. Yes, <laughs> he took four four in a game, four in a game. So, I, I, this is where this is where my my hang up with Sabonis is. Is like we know he's skilled enough to go score, and his thought process in a game like last night is not. I need to take over. I need to go get us some easy buckets. I need to get to the free throw line. This is on me. It's, okay, let me start distributing. Let me try and get everybody else
4: going. And he winds up taking four shots. He tried in the early third quarter to take over. I saw what he was doing. Mm -hmm. So here's one of my things. Like Mike Brown wants to say, play defense without fouling. Physicality, physicality, physicality. If the Sacramento Kings need to know what Mike Brown's talking about, why don't you watch a tape of the Houston Rockets? Because that's exactly what they did. They manhandled Demonis Sabonis and he had nowhere to go. And it, again, it's a schematic issue. I don't know what's happening, how it is that all of a sudden they can't play offense, but like all they do is surround him. And it's like, all right, can't do anything now. We got you surrounded. <laughs> and then the Kings aren't capitalizing. No. The Kings can't capitalize at all they're the cutting is bad uh missing open threes is a problem like but I don't know, spacing's bad it's it, and, uh,
3: i I I don't know man <laughs> I just I was at well, a loss for words no I am it, it's four shots for your second best player in a game where your best player didn't play no that just doesn't track to me. I don't care what kind of defense they're playing. Figure out, and again, this goes back to the coaching staff, figure out a way to get him open then. Yes. Figure out a way. I, I...
4: This plays into a uh, –
3: let's, let's hit the next one.
4: Okay, uh, we're going to have
3: to push – we're going to have to go to this segment for next segment, but go on.
4: That's fine. The The next one is search party. Uh, can someone find Harrison Barnes? Harrison Barnes to the white courtesy Deck. Maybe he's still in Utah. Uh, I, I don't know what's going on, but he, he was incredible in the opener uh, in this game. Holy cow. Harrison Barnes scores three points on one of six shooting. He had one assist and Kyle zero rebounds. Zero in 22 minutes. So your number one and your number two options are combined for 10 shots. And of those 10 shots, I barely hit any of them. Like, again, where these are your two leaders right here. That's why I put them first. Where are they demanding something different and pushing the tempo and demanding that their teammates move and get open or find them? Like This is a problem right here. Did you get to Harrison Barnes' full line? No.
3: Along with his three points, he dished out an assist and had zero boards. That's why I said that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Good. Yeah.
4: Okay. Good. I just you just want to make sure everyone really knows he had make, zero rebounds. No, I was
3: I was <laughs> I was looking up his his stats by by quarter, and I didn't I didn't hear you say the full line. Oh it's, yeah yeah, it's just and I, this comes back to I, I guess I'm overly hard on Harrison Barnes, but it's like where where is where did he go? Why yeah. is he just absent in a game where hey you know what a veteran who sees the this game kind of unraveling early hey he's so get to the line go drive go do yes. literally anything
4: get to the line again and, Grab again a and rebound
3: again. get an extra possession yes go fight for an offensive board get it put back in an animal. get the get,
4: kyle there are plenty of missed uh field goals there are plenty there of are offensive so rebounds to be had plenty yeah all right tough
3: We'll pick up six quick thoughts on the other. This is how they're all going to go, by the way. Not a lot of, <laughs> not, not a lot of sunshine and rainbows coming out of coming out of Houston after the Kings were blown out last night. One twenty two to ninety seven was the final. There, the Kings dropped to two and four. Houston moves to three and three on the year. We'll continue talking about this on the other side of the break. He's James. I'm Kyle. We're the Insider, sponsored by Jiffy Lube here on ESPN thirteen twenty. <laughs>
2: Now, back to the insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Matson, Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320.
4: Sometimes it's best to laugh. Yeah, I feel like here we are listening to Smooth Jams have a little Tuesday overreaction.
3: That's, we're just reacting. I don't think... Here's an overreaction to the Kings loss last night. one twenty two ninety seven to Houston in Houston. Here's an overreaction. Um fire Mike Brown. That's an overreaction. Saying, "Wow, they played like garbage for two games in Houston." That's just reacting. That's just being That's honest. That's a regular reaction.
4: Yeah. Well, and Didn't I, we have an
3: underreaction Tuesday. I, like, I, I think they're good. Yeah. I love the way they played.
4: <laughs> <laughs> it's sunny. Everything is awesome. Everything's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um like look, I think at some point though you do need to have like Moments like this where, you know, like everyone is watching the same thing. Everyone is frustrated. You're, you're watching a team completely unwind on the court and you have no idea why. And we keep pointing to like, to issues, to like numbers and, and percentages and things that, that don't make sense. But the King's identity is, is missing right Mm -hmm. now. That's, that's the biggest thing. So uh, until you find an identity. And and I'll say, like it's it's not good when it starts to spread throughout the whole group. Because no. the third the third thought, the third quick thought from last night's game, yeah, was a vanishing. Uh Malik Monk was was my player of the week last week on on the King's beat. Yep. Um he he was spectacular, averaged eighteen point seven points per game. Uh he picked up three quick fouls and finished with five points and two assists. Like He's the energy guy and came in and looked like like he was frustrated like what is happening here? And then like, I, I'm okay if I'm not playing. That's what it looked like. It, it, to me, it was really strange to see some of the reactions from the players like, well, this isn't what we signed up for. Yeah, there was no there was no fight. there was no
3: Malik monk is the type of player that you expect in a game like that, even if nobody else gets going. He's yeah. gonna put up 20 shots. And he's going to score thirty points. And hey, you know what? The Kings got housed, but man, Malik Monk really put on a show. It, there was nothing. And coming off of a game, had they blown out Houston in the first game, and then came out and laid an egg like that, you're going, ah, all right. It's that it took a night off? Don't love it, but fine. But again, th- that's where that's where the reaction comes from for me. Is this is you're compounding all of this? Everything that we've gone through. You have Demonis Sabonis taking four shots. You have Harrison Barnes getting three points and an assist and no boards on five shots. You have Malik Monk, two for six, five points, two assists, and a board. Like, these are your guys that you need to rely on when De'Aaron Fox is not in the game. Not only did they not play well, like you said, they vanished. They checked out. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's something I don't understand. That is just completely incongruous with what we saw from this team last year where every night it was, hey, somebody is stepping up, whether it's, you know what you're getting from Fox and Sabonis, but sometimes it's Monk, sometimes it's Herter, sometimes it's Keegan, sometimes it's Barnes, and now it's no one.
4: Kyle, I, I don't think I remember a single game last season that felt like this game. No. I I that's. Either. I think that's the problem where you're like, hey, like, sure they went 0-4 to start the season last year, but this feels different. It feels like something's like way off, and I'm not sure what it is, but they just really and, and if you can't get energy out of Malik Monk, something's gone horribly wrong. Uh, let's get to our fourth quick thought. Yeah, uh, missed opportunity. Mm-hmm. uh look davion mitchell is a tireless worker i know he is he's he's a really good defender he's all over the plays on defense. he is um but this was his chance to show that like he can run his own team this is one of those opportunities and it was an opportunity for him to get back in the flow and back on the right side of of things you know to get a rhythm because he's going to get more expanded minutes this has been a disaster like, I thought he was fine against uh, against Golden State. Mm-hmm. That's a game where you build off of it. You're going into two games in Houston where, again, it's a young team, but you're going to go up against Fred Van Vliet. Uh, the good thing about Fred Van Vliet is he doesn't tower over the top of you, so it's not like, you know, mm-hmm. Davian's got to go into a game where he's defending, say, I don't know, LaMelo Ball at six six or six mm-hmm. seven, or he's defending Luka Doncic. Mm-hmm. No, this is a guy who's your size. Yeah. And just the whole entire thing. Like, I don't want to put all of what's happening on him, but you pulled out De'Aaron Fox of of the lineup and you put in Davion Mitchell and the pace went from 104 to 96, like at the blink of an eye. Yeah. Like over the last three games. I think it's down to 95 over the last three games their pace is. hmm And like, where is the understanding that this is how this team plays?
3: Yeah, and just like the offensive go. urgency. Go. Just in general. Yeah, it's not get rid of get rid of the ball to Domas, and then everybody's moving, and then it's a dribble handoff, and people are still moving. Okay, then there's a drive, and there's a kick, and it's one more pass, and you get a buck. It, there's none of that. It's just this plodding slow. You said the eighty five Knicks, and I think that's a perfect example.
4: Yeah, it's maybe maybe like even what like mid nineties, mid nineties. This is like Josh Childress running sideways, uh, or so. Charlie Ward. You know, yeah, like I don't, that's, that's what it feels like. It feels like this team is just stuck in mud. And again, this is an opportunity where Davion could show that not that he's a 30 point per game scorer, but that he's a guy that can run a team when the star goes down. And the fact is, uh, Mike Brown went to Jordan Ford before the end of the first quarter. Mm. I mean, that's he's searching. He first, it was, it was Colby Jones and Colby Jones, was like couldn't bring the ball up the court. Then they switched to to Jordan Ford, and this isn't a slide on Jordan Ford. Shout out to Jordan Ford who got his first NBA bucket last night. You know, good for you, local kid. This is great, but mm-hmm. they had to go to a, a two-way player in the first quarter to try to find something, and that's where you start to look at, at an accountability thing. Mm-hmm. Like what is happening? How come you can't like not – Play like De'Aaron Fox, but play in the system that De'Aaron Fox has, has basically helped build. Yeah, and, and keep the pace, keep the the offense flowing, and uh, that's that's a problem.
3: I agree. I, that that just that can't happen. They're too talented elsewhere, and this offensive system works too well, as we saw last year. To have a game where losing, fine, whatever, but having a game where you're that flat, two games in a row where you're that flat offensively, yeah. That just doesn't track for me. That doesn't make that doesn't make much sense.
4: Number five. Uh number five. Uh the bright spot. Hey, sunshine, rainbows. I thought Kevin Herter was active and he hit his threes. Uh it was welcome side. He thirteen points on five of ten. Um, he had three makes from long range. Kevin Herter looked like he had a bounce in his step. He looked like he was fighting. He looked like he was engaged and part of the the solution, not part of the problem. Mm-hmm. And I think Kevin's done a good job of fighting to try to like sort of regain who he is as a player. Mm-hmm. And he's doing the other things to try to you know get out of this funk that he's in. Uh, but this was a good game for him and kind of a wasted opportunity, I think, at, of all the people that you saw on the court, um, especially with the first and second units. He was the one that was actually... Had energy, had you know, was trying. Mm-hmm. This is and-
3: a night. This is a night where he could have made a difference. He goes two for four from three in the first quarter. Yep. But they were down ten, and then by half they're down fifteen, and then he's out midway through the third quarter and not playing in the fourth. Yeah. And that's that's a that's a bummer. But you like to see him get going a, a little bit because you know it's coming. You know the avalanche is coming where he has three or four games in a row where he's hitting seventy plus percent or something insane like that. He's just too good to be as bad as he's been. So this could have been one of those games last night. He just didn't get didn't get the opportunity.
4: Well, that, and I, I would remember, but go back to last year when Keegan Murray had a couple of shooting slumps and Mike Brown left him in a game really late of, uh, of like two games of mm-hmm. that had gotten out of control. Like why, why is Keegan Murray in the game? It's like because he needs to get right. Mm-hmm. And we're going to let him get right on the court. Mm-hmm. And I, I would have liked to have seen like let Kevin build off of that and like give him a little bit of burn late just to see. Uh, or, does I that, really well. <laughs> or does that Kian Ellis play really
3: well? Or does or does keeping Kevin Herter in the game just kill his confidence more? All yeah. the starters are out, and it's like, yeah, hey, you go play. I don't know. How, <laughs> I don't
4: know if that would have been helpful long term. Hey, Alex Len was in. I like. I was waiting for uh, Philip Put, uh, Petrusif. I don't like,
3: want. Hey, I, I don't want to derail this, and I, I don't want to get too far into the backup center thing. I might just be out on JaVale <laughs> moving forward. I might see what Alex Lund's got. Let, we can we can put a pin in that and talk JaVale, about it later. JaVale though. scored let's 10 to, points again. I mean, you're to,
4: relying on him for double-figure double, double figure scoring. <laughs> yeah, no, Kyle no, and I told yeah, you, if no, you're no, relying no. on JaVale for double-figure scoring, the season is lost. Uh, only a
3: minus, uh, what was he last night? Only a minus 11.
4: Oh, that's not bad compared to all the minus 20s in the starting lineup. <laughs> uh, our six quick thought, uh, better question mark? Uh, Keegan Murray started to find a shot. Mm -hmm. Uh, he dropped in 12 points on 2 of 6 from long range, added 5 rebounds. Still not great, but an improvement. I thought there were moments where he looked like Keegan Murray, and then we started seeing the off-balance stuff. And Mm -hmm. again, I I thought we would have seen a much more motivated Keegan Murray against Jabari Smith.
3: Yeah, Jabari Smith had a really good couple of games. So here's here's my theory on what's going on with, with Keegan Murray, and we can dive into this after the break. Okay. But... My theory is that he's being aggressive the wrong way. Like they told him be more aggressive and he's translated that into shoot it immediately instead of getting to a good shot. Mm -hmm. I think that's a little bit, and you can respond on the other side, whether you agree or disagree. I would love that. Love to have that discussion with you. We will continue diving into uh, the disaster that was the Kings trip to Houston, but James and I, Got a couple of big time wins last night with Monday Night Football. Real quick football talk and then we'll get back into the the commiserating about the Kings and we'll hear from head coach Mike Brown as well. That's all coming up next on The Insiders, sponsored by Jiffy Lube here on ESPN
0: 1320. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds.
1: Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend
2: today. Noy. Now, back to the insiders with James Hammond and Kyle Maxson, Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320.
3: Commiserating. Being angry. Trying to joke about it. Chatty House is doing a great job of of dealing with a bad loss via humor. And I think that's a good space to be in as a fan. That's a good spot to be in where you can look because, again, we're couching everything we're saying as we take a flamethrower to the Sacramento Kings. We're, we're couching it all under the umbrella of it's game six of 82. Nobody's getting fired. Nobody's no. getting traded. Nobody's getting nothing, nothing dramatic. De'Aaron Fox still isn't in the lineup. That's obviously going to help. Trey Lyle's returning. Will help, and we'll 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 dive
4: into all of that later as we start to look ahead. If you are and Foxo, are you looking at this and going, "Hey, who switched out my Ferrari mo- motor for like a VW Bug motor?" I am so
3: happy you didn't say Honda Civic. No, I, everybody always says Honda Civic, and I drive a Civic, and oh. it's done great for me.
4: You know, because a VW Bug has such a distinctive noise, and that's what it looks like right now, mm. like that. You know, when you kind hear of sputtering. Yeah, you hear a bug roll up, you know it's a bug. Yeah, especially the old ones. Yeah, the old ones, yeah, yeah, old ones, yeah mm-hmm. for sure. You're like, oh, yeah, that's a bug. Yep. and yep. you can smell it. Yeah, oh, you yeah. You can smell the gasoline. Even, you can smell the gasoline. You can also smell like the seats disintegrating. Like that's what that smell is inside. <laughs>
0: like,
4: yeah. My brother had a bug. I had a bug. That was our first cars. Uh, no,
3: no, yeah. matter, no matter what happened in the history of that car, it always smells like smoke on the inside.
4: Oh yeah! Even if nobody ever smoked inside that car, it smelled like cigarettes, bro. Yeah, it's vinyl, thousand percent vinyl breaking down. That's what. The, and then if you've ever like flipped a seat over in a bug, it's all that weird, like, like I don't know. It, it's a treasure map. It is. It's not. Good. If you follow that, you will find the fountain. It's all, of you. It's all springs, and then this really weird sort of. Uh, it's probably asbestos. I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> <It> probably is <laughs> your disease-infested sheet, uh, seats.
3: Hey, real quick before we get back to the Kings. Yeah. A happy thing that happened last night.
4: Oh, we were awesome, Kyle.
3: Dude, you and I crushed it in fantasy. We did crush it. We we both won. (laughs) Both pulled out W's. Congratulations to me and James Hamm on our fantasy victories this weekend. Uh, I had to squeeze one out with... uh, Oh, nope. Pause. Uh, So congratulations to James and I. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. It's so great. Wow, listen to the chatty house applauding us. It's so great. No, you and I had to... uh, Let's see. How am I going to say this? You and I uh, had narrow victories this weekend.
4: Yes. I was on pins and needles hoping that Austin Eckler didn't end up with four touchdowns because then I would have lost. I ended up with a pretty solid... Uh, It's a pretty solid, like, 104 to 92 win. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, uh, Kyle, I I did the unthinkable this weekend. What'd you do? I fired off a a direct message to Farah Siddiqui and asked him who to start. No, hey, you know what? Hey, shout out. You know what? No, shout out to you.
3: That's just, no, that's just good fantasy managing by you.
4: Understanding that sometimes you have to go to a consultant, and that's totally fine. I, I had three wide receivers that nope. I, I was looking at. I, I did had, you not
3: ask a question during Fantasy Friday at ten thirty every Friday with Farasadiki?
4: Well, we got later in the week though, and things had started to change. So I I hit him up. I said Chris Olave, Puka Nakua, because Puka started uh, was hurt, and uh and Stafford was ruled out. So I'm like, oh, I'm not going to start Puka. Or the other was uh, Terry McLaren. Um, he told me I would probably go Chris Olave. At the last second, I didn't give him all the information, which I should have. The guy who was playing against started, uh, started Howell. Sam Howell? Yeah. So I decided to start McLaren just to cross cancel any touchdown sure. at the last second. Um, and it ended up being like uh, McLaren finished with three, uh, 7.3 versus 10.6. So would he would have got me an extra three points. But okay. if there would have been a touchdown throw, then I would have cross-canceled. That, sure. that was my motivation. Good
3: strategy by you. Um, yeah, we'll get back to Kings there in a second. I just... I had a bunch of guys on bye this week. So I, my receivers were Michael Wilson, who didn't play. Alan Lazard, who got 3.6 points. I had to start Ezekiel Elliott, who had 6.5 points. I accidentally started Geno Smith, who had like less than 4 points against Seattle. Still pulled out the dub. No big deal. Shout out to Noah Brown and uh, and his quarterback, C.J. Stroud, for racking up uh, nearly 30 points for, for old Noah Brown, wow. Dallas Cowboys legend.
4: Oh, wow.
3: Yeah, so him and Josh Jacobs and Dalton Kincaid carried me. Just put me right back in the mix, yeah. man. Yep, me same. and me and the and
4: oldest. Me and the oldest, we have our fantasy team. Uh and we have we share the team. So it's good we're right back in the mix. All
3: right. That's our fantasy talk for the day. Back to the Kings. <laughs> <laughs> good segue. Thanks. We're the insider sponsored by Jiffy Lube. Speaking of Jiffy Lube, the Jiffy Lube fast break player of the game, we will tell you who that is in the next hour. Uh we gotta we gotta figure out who the heck it's gonna be
4: first. I don't think we're going to be nice, Kyle.
3: Yeah, I don't think so. It may may not even be a Sacramento King this week. Um, Mike Brown after the game. We've we've talked extensively about the Kings' problems today, but I think everything kind of comes back to Mike Brown because the onus is now going to be on him to, A, get the team in the right mindset, like attitude reflects leadership, right? Shout out to Julius Campbell. So it's up to him to do that and manage this adversity that the team is currently going through. Which, yeah. if you're trusting a coach to do that, like, hey, Mike Brown is one of the guys that, that you would like to have in that spot. You're, but then there's also these schematic changes as well.
4: Yeah, you're quoting, I, I don't know who you're quoting there, but I, I just keep thinking of the, the guy on Saturday Night Live that yells, just fix it! <laughs> <laughs> fix it!
3: <laughs> you know, fix it! That's, that's it! it! Uh, J- That's Julius Campbell's from Remember the Titans.
4: Oh, okay, gotcha.
3: When he and Gary Bertier, okay. he's like... I'm with you. Sticker push on the line every time and you blow right past him. Push him. Pull him. Do something. <laughs> you can't run over everybody in this league. And every time you do, you leave one of your teammates hanging out to dry. Me in particular.
4: <clears throat> All right. Anyways. That's Demonis Sabonis. We need this <laughs> we need this conversation from Demonis Sabonis uh at today's practice. All right.
3: Um Mike Brown, put it very plainly to open his press conference on on what went wrong for the Kings last night in Houston.
5: Give uh, Houston credit. They kicked our behind, uh, starting with me. They kicked my behind and on down the line. Uh, They came ready to play tonight and punched us in the mouth, and we didn't respond. Yep. I have no
3: notes. Like, that's what happened. I'm so glad he didn't get up there and try and, like, sugarcoat it no and try and succinct. spruce it up
4: he didn't waste words very he mm-hmm. didn't drop profanity which we couldn't play on the radio right like it was right. very it clean been. very to the point and 100 accurate one team got off the team bus got to the the arena was ready to play one team was not one team got their blanks kicked i think you can say ass Okay, they got their ass kicked, Kyle. There you go. Atta, babe. There it is.
3: <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't... Like, that's... I'm happy that he just said that and wasn't like, oh, you know, it's a tough, tough night and if a couple more shots go down, maybe it goes... Di-. Like, nah, man. You just got smoked. Yeah. And that that's how it goes sometimes. No, it's oh, not good. So, so then he broke it down a little bit and... Here's Mike Brown on what he believes is the crux of the issue, and James, you had disagreed with this a little bit, but, but let's hear Mike Brown first.
5: When you look at the game and you watch us defensively, just how many times in the first half somebody on the weak side block ducked in front of our defender and caught the ball at the charge line. I don't know if I've been part of any situation where we gave up four or five duck-ins to where the duck-in was at the charge line. That's just the evidence of uh, them kicking us in our behind. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so
3: you had, you, I don't want to say you took issue with that necessarily, but you think maybe there's more to it than uh, some duck-ins. Well, clearly the duck-ins
4: are the <laughs> issue on the defensive side of the ball. My you problem can't, can't is... can't have an
3: uncontested duck-in.
4: Yes, the duck are are going to be the death of us, Kyle. <laughs> I mean, uh, I think uh, Duckins might need to be one of our buttons that we we push on the on the board. Um, Mike Brown saying Duckins? My yes, maybe. Okay. My problem is that Mike uh, and I, I totally get it. It's it's who he is to his core. It he is a defensive minded coach, and he cannot handle the fact that his defense is bad, and he couldn't handle it last year. And so his first instincts are to to start telling us what's wrong with the defense. Man, your offense is not good. And you tinkered with your offense. The thing you need to hit shots, you need to get back to who you were last year. Like there is something systemically wrong with your offense right now. And it's not just about miss three point shots. There's something wrong. You can't run the ball. You're not moving. There is no energy. Everyone's standing around. Mm -hmm. It's easy to muck up because that's what's happening. You can't even do cuts because the defense is just like basically standing in the key because like, well, what are you going to do? You you guys can't do anything. Right. Like how did the the greatest offense in the history of the NBA, according to offensive rating last season, go from what they were last year to you show up with the same exact players and this is what you look like. That's a here, huge problem.
3: Here are the two things I think he would tell you. One, I think you would point to De'Aaron Fox being out. But again, we've we've established that there are bigger problems than that. I think the second thing he would say is the way you can get out and run is by getting stops. And he would tell you it's hard to get out and run, and you're pulling the ball out of the hoop, and this and that, and da 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 da. I don't necessarily. I mean, he's that's that's right, but I don't think that explains everything that's going on. And and part of me wonders if <clears throat> maybe he doesn't address that because he's not gonna a he hasn't looked at film yet, and b he's not gonna come out and presser and go here's the adjustment we're going to make, or here's what we've self scouted is wrong. It, that's something they're probably going to want to keep internal, but I I. I I tend to at first, uh, so against Golden State, the first game that De'Aaron Fox was out. You saw the Kings play great defense. Klay Thompson hits a shot. They weren't great offensively but, you know, you live with it. And my initial instinct was, okay, well they struggled a little bit defensive, or offensively because they were really good on defense. And they're still figuring out that balance. But that's not been the case the last two nights. They've been good on neither end. And I I I think there's something there's something to that where Mike Brown is so heavily focused on the defensive end. It's like, bro, you 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 also have to score. Like, <laughs> getting stops is definitely part of it, but but you can't keep running an offense where it's Keegan Murray shooting off balance shots and it's it's uh, Kevin Herter shooting it from thirty five feet out and uh, Demonte Sabonis driving into a lane where there's nine players standing underneath the basket. It's just not gonna. It, nothing they're doing is either
4: working nor sustainable. Yeah. They're getting pushed way too far out. They're yeah. trying to start their offense like a foot or two behind the three point line, sometimes two or three feet, four feet. Right. And that's not who they were last year.
3: Yeah. It was like free throw line last year.
4: Yeah. Like, like we're teams are just pushing, pushing, pushing them away from the basket. So even if Kevin Herter does come off the DHO, he turns around, he's, 27 feet from the basket triple handoff and yeah so if he wants to shoot the three from there that's fine mm-hmm. but that's a long shot yeah i mean clearly so, the closer mm-hmm. you get to the the three-point line the actual line itself the more accurate most players are yeah uh-huh. you're just making the the shots more difficult and it feels like that's the like what teams are doing and where's the counter like where is it and that's what i
3: thought so that's what i thought the entire offseason would be about yeah Like, putting counters in for what teams were throwing at them and for what teams might throw at them. Like, isn't that the goal of the offseason is to self-scout and look and say, okay, here's games where we played poorly offensively. What did it look like? Okay, here's what this team took away. How do we fix that? Oh, here's Golden State across seven games. Here's what they did. How do we fix that? And you'd think that that, but that's clearly not what happened. Or if it did, it's just not it's not landing. It's not being coached properly, or it's not being picked up by the players because, it, A, it doesn't look like it looked last year. No. B, it's much slower than it was last year. And C, there's, it's not, okay, here's what it looked like last year. Oh, but here's a curveball. Here's a wrinkle. Here's something a little bit different. Here's something that an opposing defense has to adjust to, where the Kings are going to get 8, 9, 10 consecutive baskets or 10 consecutive good looks because a team hasn't adjusted defensively on the fly. Like there's been none of that, even with De'Aaron Fox in
4: Kyle, there should have been organic growth of the offense, mm-hmm. which includes like wrinkles that you're talking about, mm-hmm. different back cuts, mm-hmm. uh, different movement here and there, mm-hmm. but not to scrap everything. Just just build off of what you had. Like, this was a group of players who just got together. Mm -hmm. Like, the fact that they accomplished what they did in 82 games last year is extremely impressive, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, If you look, like, Damana Sabonis, Trey Lyles were acquired at the deadline, but then they really didn't even hardly play together, right? right? And and then De'Aaron Fox barely played with those guys because there was injuries, there was children being born, there were things going on, right? You get to the offseason last year, And you added Malik Monk, you added Keegan Murray, you added Kevin Herter. So when you put this thing together, most of the group was new Mm -hmm. and they were able to accomplish this, you know, wild feat of being this like juggernaut on the offensive end. Yeah. Well, that should have just, if you're going to run it back, if you're going to bring the same guys back, I get it. You need to make some defensive adjustments to get better, right? For sure. But. There should have been just like standardized growth from the group of players who all of a sudden have a year under their belt together. And then they're going to integrate a couple of new pieces, uh, which is where, again, I think having JaVale McGee makes a huge difference. Because JaVale McGee with Malik Monk is that elite uh, rim running lob threat, which he has been. Mm -hmm. Like, that's great. So that would have been a new wrinkle and the Sasha Vazenkov thing would have been a new wrinkle and Chris Duarte, who can create for himself a little bit, maybe that's a new little wrinkle. Mm-hmm. But those were supposed to be like small wrinkles that you're adding in. I don't understand why there was a massive change to what was happening on the court unless it's because in a seven game series against Golden State Warriors you somehow got beat in game seven. Like that team, this, you know, it, it is what it is. Like There's
3: there's just no way that they looked at what happened in a seven-game playoff series where they played the same team seven times where that team has been to the finals uh, half a dozen times and went, oh, we need to get rid of everything we were doing. Yeah. They figured it out. Like That's crazy. Teams lose playoff series all the time without scrapping everything they're doing on the offensive side. Yeah. And I get the emphasis on on, on defense, but that, to me, would make it even more vital to just do what you were doing offensively.
4: Just do it better and and get players that can do what you do in your offensive scheme that are better defenders, you know, like that's, that's how you improve this team. It's what we've always known that like, yeah, in order for this team to take the next step, they can get better defensively just by, by working on some things. Mm -hmm. But in order to take the huge step, you have to have better defensive players. And the key is Mm -hmm. to like, hoard your assets when there's an opportunity to go get a better defensive player but who doesn't force you to take a huge step back offensively you go land that player mm-hmm. you you try to make incremental increases around until you get to a certain point now again sure we're six games into the season so we are overreacting to a lot of what's happening but it's the way the team's played it's not about one loss like i, I would never get upset like we came in here after Clay Thompson hit a shot with 0.2 of a second left on the clock. And we we're honest. I said, a Hall of Famer hit a shot with 0.2 seconds left. You lost. That's it. The That's dude's that the dude's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. He hit a shot and he hit a shot because you were double teaming the other first ballot Hall of Famer right. and got the ball out of his hands. He did a great job. Mm-hmm. He hit the shot. Sometimes the shot goes in. Sometimes the shot goes in. You move on. Mm-hmm. And that's where we were. So, like, we get to this stage though, where, like, again, Houston. I don't think we're not going to look at the end of the season and think, "Holy cow, Houston won forty-seven games. They're really good." No, that's not where we're going to be. No, at least
3: think I don't so think. No, I'd be, I'd be floored <laughs> if we got there. Anything's possible, right? But I'd yeah. be, I'd be very surprised. So this is here's, here's the thing. And again, everything we're saying here is couched in there's seventy-six more games. Yes. the Kings could go fifty-six and twenty. That's the wrong. Yeah, no, fifty-six and twenty the rest of the way. And this, I don't think they will necessarily. But yeah. you get it. You could win fifty and twenty-six the rest of the way. That sounds better. And we forget about these games. We go, hey, remember that game in Houston? Wow, that's crazy that that happened early season basketball right it, right but again we're reacting to, to the information we have now this is the most and, and I want to I want to relay this Mike Brown sound into, into a question I wanted to ask based on something you just okay. said so you were breaking down all the changes and stuff over over the course of the off season and, and trying to add new wrinkles so here's what Mike Brown said last night and then I'll have a I'll have a question for you off this
5: the tough part about it our spirit got deflated and we didn't have anybody uh, out on the floor that can bring it back up and so that that also was, was tough to watch.
3: That's, I think, the part that bothers me the most about last night's game and why why I think we're, we're being so heavy-handed with this today. And maybe, you know, if somebody thinks we're overreacting, like, that's fine. But that's the problem right there. They got embarrassed in Houston two nights ago. Two nights ago. And you'd expect a good team like the Kings to bounce back and have a better game on Monday after losing Saturday night in bad fashion. Mm-hmm. And they did. They didn't. And that's their spirit got broken is what Mike Brown just said. So and, and courtesy um, to uh, thank you to NBC Sports uh, California for that audio. So do you think any of this has to do with the the way this preseason started? With taking Kevin Herter out of the lineup and putting Chris Duarte in and making it very clear in a press, not in a press conference, but in a, in a press scrum saying, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get out of being 24th in defensive rating. We will not be 24th over my dead body. Will we be 24th in defensive rating again this year or 25th or 26th or whatever number he said?
4: I think he actually said exactly what you just said. He started adding 25 and 26.
3: (laughs) Then 79. No. So uh, do you think any of this has to do with that, where that was just such an emphasis this off season that, that you have players worried about their playing time now, making sure that they're trying to do the right thing defensively up and they messed up defensively. So now they're worried about getting taken out and now it's messing up their offensive game. Is there any validity to that for you?
4: Okay, so I'll say this. I think the reason why we've seen Kevin Herter have such a tough time was because you shook him a little bit. I, mm. I that's what I, I would okay. think that like Kevin Herter, but Kevin Herter He's started to snap the out of right it. Now, yeah. He's not the problem. Yeah. Just like JaVale McGee's not the problem. Like <laughs> when you lose by thirty, JaVale McGee's not the problem. <laughs> I'm so happy JaVale's not the problem. No. Like again, <laughs> like we're gonna look at like the list of people that were a problem in this game. Mm-hmm like JaVale McGee is like number 12 or number 11 and Mm -hmm. Kevin Herter is like number 12. Like these guys weren't the problem in this game, but did they, I don't, I don't think that that caused like this issue, this risk that we're seeing. But what I do think that the, the emphasis on defense making some sort of changes to your offense, but the really high folk is focus on defense Maybe you didn't need to make changes on the offensive end. Maybe you just needed to let things flow and and let it work itself out and then play better defense. Um I don't think that the players are playing so hard on defense that they don't have it on the offensive end. I think that somebody has to start yelling at the players every single possession to run the ball up the court cuz it's just not okay. Like and yeah. again, their defense is better, which means Kyle, they're getting more rebounds. It means there there should be more transition opportunities. There should be more opportunity just to push the tempo, get the ball across the (laughs) mid-court line and get into your offensive set earlier without the defense set. There should be more of those opportunities. Mm -hmm. But when you match this defensive intensity with the team walking the ball up, getting the ball across half court, 17 seconds left on the shot clock, not even getting into their offense until 12 or 13 seconds left in the shot clock Like, what is happening in a free flowing movement offense? You're not going to get a
3: good shot in 12 seconds.
4: No, it's over. At least more times than not. No, this team can get a good shot in three seconds, Mm -hmm. but it has to start with the pace that got you to that point. And that's where we're at. This team is not moving with the same pace. They're not moving with the same energy. There's a major, major disconnect with how this team is structurally supposed to move the ball up and down the court.
3: Yeah, and and maybe it's as easy as hitting a button and going, "Hey, do what we did last year." Just scrap everything, do what we did last year on offense and but the problem is is okay, Chris Duarte wasn't here last year. Yeah. Sasha Vazenkov wasn't here last year. Uh, it, it wasn't <clears throat> it's not going to be exactly the same like player for player. And there's not a ton of practice time during the year where you can go in and just reinstall new concepts or make these massive sweeping changes like everything's going to be really incremental. And I I think they're going to be fine long-term. I'm not worried about them, you know, into March and April yet. But it's definitely not a promising sign out of the gate.
4: Yeah, I I want to make one more point, but Kyle, we can wait till after the break. That's a great tease.
3: James is going to make a point, and we'll try and find some... We'll get get into the good, bad, and ugly. We're going to start off with good. We're going to try and find a little bit of good last night uh, for the Kings on the Insider. Sponsored by Jiffy Lube here on ESPN 1320.